I'm Kobe Cohen. On May 4th, the 28 days given to Benjamin Netanyahu to form a coalition will pass. Meanwhile, the political chaos goes, tension between Jews and Arabs escalates in Jerusalem, and also with Hamas in Gaza. What is happening in Israel these days? Along with my Jeff Becker, we will discuss these topics and try to guess what will happen in the Israeli Balagan. Welcome back, Jeff. Hey, Cody. So what are we going to start with? What wouldn't we be able to start with? There's so much going on right now. To have to pinpoint to one thing is a little difficult, but, you know, in the way they're all connected. But something to mention is that Netanyahu only has up until May 3rd, so he's really running out of time to be able to form a coalition. At this point, it's not looking like it's going to happen. I mean, it just kind of sounds a lot of desperation coming from him. I think, uh, you know, there's reports coming out saying he offered Benny Gantz to be first in the rotation for prime minister as a possible new coalition, which doubt Gantz will take that. He's offering up a lot of different people the possibility to go first as prime minister. It's He's really just trying to hold on to it at any sort of cost possible. But it's looking like he's going to run out of time. And then President Ruvain Rivlin is going to be presented with certain scenarios and he's going to have to make a pretty difficult decision on where to go next. I would just say, I think that what Netanyahu is trying to create is actually chaos among what you would call the change block. Because technically, Netanyahu is in a dead end. He only has, you know, 52 mandates to support him. He wasn't able to persuade Bezalel Smutrich to collaborate with Mansour Abbas. And I will give, by the way, Smutrich the credit for that, that he's, a, some will say, a, you know, racist, but he sticks to his agenda. He says, I'm not willing to be supported by the Muslim brothers. Okay, and we do need to remind our audience that Ram, the Islamic party, is a religious party that is aligned with the Muslim Brotherhood, with the International Muslim Brotherhood. And if we need to put who's also a member in the Muslim Brotherhood, it's also Hamas in Gaza, for example, and other radical Muslim organizations. So he wasn't able to do that. And without Mansour Abbas, even if Bennett would have joined him, he only had 59 mandates. And, you know, Naftali Bennett is playing on both sides of the field at the moment. He told Netanyahu, listen, I'm going to go with you, but you just need to figure out the things between Smutrich and uh, Mansour Abbas. If Smutrich is fine with that, I'll go with that also. And he know why he was doing it. A, because he knew that there is no way in the world that, you know, Bezalel Smutrich and the religious Zionism will sit with Mansour Abbas. And second, he didn't want to show that he's shutting the door in Netanyahu's face. But what happened on the other end is that also, you know, May 4th comes and the president actually will have three choices. One, if Netanyahu will ask for an extension, the president may give him an extra 14 days and that would be it. I mean, after those 14 days, he cannot ask for another extension. The other option, the other scenario is that the president will tell Netanyahu, okay, you failed to form a coalition. I will give it to another candidate. But over here, we have another problem. In theory, the other candidate should be Ayr Lapid because he is the second largest party. And technically, he is leading the block change. But 
as I said before, Naftali Bennett is playing on both sides of the court. And he knows that, and I will put a disclaimer on that also, because in theory, he can uh, change the balance. But if to be honest, I doubt if he'll be willing to be supported once again, you know, with the Arab lists. And if I'll break down the numbers of mandates, then the change block, like as I said, Netanyahu has 52 mandates with the Likud, Shas, United Torah Judaism, and religious Zionism. Okay? Yair Lapid has only 51. With Yeshatid, Blue and White, Labor, Israel Beitenu, Meretz, and New Hope. And I'm putting aside the seven mandates of Yamina with Bennett and the 10 mandates of the Arabs list. If we're taking, you know, Bennett, then Yair Lapid has 58, okay? So he still needs either the joint list or Ram to support him. And I don't know if Bennett will have the balls, pardon my French, to take this step and be supported with them. And on the other hand, I'm not sure... You know, that they will be willing to support a government led by Naftali Bennett. Everybody will have to swallow a huge frog on their end in order to make this thing happen. So then we have also a third scenario. And that is the one that the president, Reuven Rivlin, may say, you know what? I don't think that anybody has a chance to form a coalition. I don't see how Yair Lapid and Bennett can do that. So I'm giving the mandate back to the Knesset. And in that case, it's going to be a complete chaos. I mean, because it's going to be a dog-eat-dog. In that case, the Knesset will have 21 days to come up with a coalition. If we won't have any government formed after those 21 days, the Knesset dissolves automatically, and we will go to a fifth round of election. What will happen on May 4th? Only God knows. <laughs> So it's interesting, though, the, the last option you present is that what Rivlin can do is just say, you know what, there's 120 people in the Knesset, 120 members of the Knesset. There has to be at least one person in that 120, doesn't matter who it is, who may be able to pull together 61. So he's going to basically be giving every single member within that 120 parliamentarian block, basically... He's going to give every single member of Knesset the opportunity to be able to become prime minister. Yeah, in theory, it can happen. And by the way, if we're talking about, you know, Netanyahu, he's in a dead end. And you mentioned it at the beginning that he offered this Sunday to Benny Gantz to, to be prime minister if he forms a coalition with him. It's quite funny because the, Benny Gantz at the moment is in a coalition with Netanyahu. And actually holds, uh, you know, the par agreement uh, with Netanyahu. So I don't know who keeps on buying Netanyahu's merchandise, but I wouldn't be surprised if you will find somebody. But regardless, he's throwing names in the air at the moment of puppets from the Likud to replace him for a while. So the right-wing uh, parties like New Hope, you know, with Gidon Saar and uh, Naftali Bennett with uh, Yamina, will actually decide to go with the Likud on a right-wing government. But if, to be honest, nobody sees it as a right-wing government. Everybody sees it as a saving private Benjamin government. And actually, Bezalel Smutrich actually tweeted it 
some of uh, Netanyahu's supporters were attacking him on Twitter, and he told them loud and clear, I am a right wing. I am not a Bibi supporter. Okay, deal with that. It's interesting you bring up that solemn Smotrich because, you know, you look at what's been going on in Jerusalem these last couple of days, how it's really just been a bunch of just like a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a riot between... Hard right wing, ultra-Orthodox, and the young Muslims who are, you know, uh, celebrating Ramadan with nothing to do at late nights. So, which is a little ironic because, you know, you got the Kahanis in the streets against, you know, religious Muslims, and you had Bibi trying to bring them together to keep his prime ministership uh, to be able to form a government in the first place. And he wasn't able to do that. And now it's more of a reflection of why he wasn't able to do that. But... Can we maybe talk about this new wave of ultra-Orthodox nationalism and how it's, you know, kind of feeding into this revival of Kahanism and maybe the impact that that has on keeping Bibi in power or, you know, the Bibi creating a scenario which can help him for the time being? Let's start with that, that it's not the right wing who's keeping Netanyahu in power for years, okay? It's actually the center-left. Every coalition, Netanyahu has a center-left party to join his coalition and to hold it. And if we go, you know, back, then Netanyahu had different partners. He had a Kadima with two mandates at one point. He had the Hatnua, the movement with Tzipi Livni. He had Yair Lapid. He always had somebody, and that's a tactic that Netanyahu uses, because he tried, at least in the past, to show himself as a more consensus prime minister who's trying to accommodate everybody, but eventually the government did whatever he wanted. So none of these parties, by the way, had any accomplishment to show to the public. You know, at this point, I'll give credit to Benny Gantz, not to Benny Gantz himself, but to Benny Gantz campaigners, that they were able to elevate the, you know, struggles within this coalition and to show how, uh, you know, for example, uh, Avi Nissenkorn, who was the former Minister of Justice, was able to block different moves by the right wing, trying to put uh, yes-men in different positions and to give legislative uh, changes that will hurt, you know, the Arabs and stuff like that. But in overall, every time Netanyahu needed his, you can call it grape leave, you know, like if you see on the Greek uh, statues, all of those leaves that are covering the, <clears throat> the how do you call it? Are you talking about yeah, like a scapegoat? Yes. A scapegoat, a punching the, bag. A punching bag, yeah, to show them that they are not allowing me to do what I want. I really wanted to give this, uh, but he doesn't really mean it. The only thing that Netanyahu wants at the moment is to stay in power, try to block his indictment. And at this point, he has no uh, boundaries. When you're talking about what's happening in Jerusalem, it's interesting because you can actually see that things are warming up in the Gaza Strip. You had a couple of rockets fired, and, you know, Hamas is also warming up the Gaza Strip. And I think that at this point, you know, when you look at Netanyahu's tactics, he always needs some sort of a crisis to pull everybody back to join him. You know, that's what he did with Benny Gantz come and join me and we'll fight the COVID together, blah, 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 blah. Nothing happened, right? I mean, Israel is vaccined, okay? That happened, but it didn't happen because Israel figured out a solution. It's just that, you know, 
Pfizer and Moderna came up with vaccines and we bought it. To be fair, there was one point when Israel was leading in the world in uh, cases per capita during the government of Bibi and Gan. So it's, you know, purchasing the vaccines yeah. or one thing, have, developing a strategy like, you know, Australia, New Zealand or Taiwan or, you know, uh, Vietnam, you know, dealing with a strategy like other countries that to actually deal with it pre-vaccines, another thing, that's, which Gan and Netanyahu true. were unable to do. Yeah, it's not that they were unable. It was, you know, there was no will of one of the sides to do anything on that matter. I mean, Netanyahu was trying to figure out a way to minimize Gantz and his party in the government. And we're talking about a budget. Israel is working without an approved budget for the third year. The last budget passed was 2018. We don't have a budget for 2019, 2020, and now we're at 2021, and that's why the Knesset dissolves, you know, and we need to remind it to our audience. So now Netanyahu is facing a situation, he's doing the best he can to work with what he has, but eventually it's an unclear situation for him because there is no real crisis going on. So as far as he's concerned, it's good that things escalate between uh, Arabs and Jews because it can bring something back into the table. Okay, we want a right-wing government, Let's put the pressure on Bennett and uh, Gidon Saar. By the way, talking about pressure, a lot of those party members, some may Yamina members, but mostly New Hope party members are being bullied from time to time by uh, Netanyahu supporters who are going to demonstrate by their houses, okay, and harassing their families. While on the other hand, Netanyahu is telling them, come on, join us, you know, come back home. Speaking of that, another thing that Netanyahu is trying to do is actually to lead a change in the Likud's constitution in order to give him the power to add, a, I would call, deserters or slates that will join him to this coalition to come into the Likud, to become a part of the Likud. And he's doing it in order to try and uh, pull Naftali Bennett. Naftali Bennett and Ayelet Shaked, we need to remind the audience, that's their dream, to actually be accepted in the Likud. And that's something that, if to be honest, it was something they could never achieve because uh, they were vetoed by uh, the Netanyahu's. Specifically just, by his wife. Uh, yes, specifically by his wife. We can also say that, you know, when Naftali Bennett was invited to uh, the prime minister residence, after uh, eight years that he's in the Knesset and he was never invited before, Bennett is trying to play with what he has. I don't know if it's going to work out for him. I think that he's asking for too much. Well, and... He only wants seven mandates in the election. It's really not a lot. And, you know, to make all these demands to become prime minister is, yeah, it's a little bit of an overreach. It's an overreach, and I think it's a bit greedy, and I understand that he's trying to prove to his voters, you know, that he's delivering, but it's not going to work. I mean, and also putting the Likud in the opposition, it's not the only agenda that a government should have. Even the change block is able to, you know, bridge the gaps between the joint list and Ram and between uh, New Hope and Yamina. So let's say Rivlin gives the mandate to any, you know, he says any sort of member of the Knesset can compete for it. Whoever can present to me a government of 61 people will 
become prime minister. I mean, what's stopping anyone in the Likud, like, I don't know, Yisrael Katz or Nir Barkat, you know, one of the high-ranking Likud guys who isn't Netanyahu from just taking that opportunity and saying, you know what, I'm in the Likud, but I'm not Netanyahu. I can bring in Bennett and Sa'ar. I can form a solid right-wing government. They could probably even form a solid, you know, center-right secular government, because I'm sure Gantz would come in, Lapid would come in. It could be done in, you know, under so, a day. So what's stopping them? So that's a great question. But I think that at this time at the Likud, the main challenge in the Likud, and that's something... In the Likud's DNA, they never go against the leader. If we go back into the political history, the Labour Party had more than 20 leaders over the years, while the Likud only had five. You know, Menachem Begin was leading the Likud for 27 years before he became a prime minister. Then Yitzhak Shamir, then Netanyahu, then Ariel Sharon, and then Netanyahu back again. So they are not going against the leader in the Likud party. I will give him that. On the other hand, everybody is afraid of Netanyahu. That's why they're staying quiet. But I will say that, uh, you know, some rumors are being heard that, you know, some members of the Likud are talking behind the back on the day after Netanyahu. They also understand that, you know, at one point it may be too much. Will they make a move? I doubt it. I mean, I don't think that somebody like Nir Barkat, who is at the moment, by the way, has the largest popularity within the Likud besides Netanyahu, go against Netanyahu. Some people are saying that Israel Katz is making noises, but Israel Katz is not, a, you know, with all due respect, he's not a prime minister uh, material. I don't see them doing anything. Even people like Avi Dichter, who was really, you know, and Nir Barkat as well, by the way, I'll remind him again. Just before the election, Netanyahu said that he's going to be my uh, minister of finance. After the election, Nir Barkat finds himself as a no minister at all. You know? well, do you think it's because Bibi finds him as a threat? Because Bibi is an instrumental person. So he's using whoever he needs when he needs him. He has no problem to spit in his face. Look what he's doing to Naftali Bennett, seriously. Naftali Bennett, in a way, he's like his raggedy Ann, you know, like a doll that he can play with. Okay, he can squeeze it, he can, you know, throw it on the floor, and he knows that he'll come back to him every time he, you know, so it's like, it works for him. So we talked about Naftali Bennett and his role in this, but what about Yair Lapid, who has received a lot more votes than Bennett in this last election, yet is still being overseen by Bennett because, you know, Naftali Bennett's supposedly the kingmaker and all this. But could Yair Lapid, I mean, you know, he has 17 mandates to Netanyahu's 30, but also to Naftali Bennett's seven. So he's not a kingmaker necessarily, but he, you know, it would be second in line in the voter's choice for an individual. I mean, does Lapid have any possibility of, I don't know, maybe forming like a center-left government supported by the Arabs, but also including Yisrael Beitenu and Gideon Saar. I don't see Gideon Saar support a government, you know, with the Arab parties without Bennett, okay? Gideon Saar will not join Netanyahu, but Gideon Saar is a hard right wing. He will not sell his agenda for that thing. Another thing that, by the way, we haven't discussed that Netanyahu is trying to do 
is actually that last week they offered to change the way uh, Israelis are voting, you know, to change the, the basic law of the Knesset. And we have two options for that. One of them was offered by Shas, by Arya Deri of Shas, saying that in case that nobody is able to form a coalition, we will go to a special direct election just for prime minister. Okay? Now, another option that was brought up by Alikud member, a member of the Knesset, Shlomo Kari, okay, says that we will vote in two ballots, one for prime minister and one for the party, but you can only be a candidate for prime minister if you have 15 mandates and above. Think about it. Who has 15 mandates and above? Only It's... one guy, which is Yair Lapid. Netanyahu knows that in this kind of election he wins, but he doesn't solve the political mess because you still need a running coalition in the Knesset in order to pass legislative, in order to have your policies budgeted. Israel has a parliamentary system, and the Knesset is the one that is setting the budget, that is approving the policies, and everything has to go through the Knesset eventually. They can't do that anyways right now, because in the last couple of days, it seems like Yair Lapid took control of the uh, main committee within the Knesset that, you know, allows for yes, legislative the, agendas. the Arrangements Committee. So what happened in the Arrangements Committee, and let's uh, give a sentence about what is the Arrangements Committee. So after every election, the Arrangements Committee is the first committee to work in the Knesset. That is the committee that arranges the work of the Knesset. It sets who's going to be leading which of the committees, who's going to be the members of each one of the committees, how many members will this committee will have. So what Netanyahu was trying to do, he was actually trying to bring Naftali Bennett close to him, and he offered him that Bennett will have the veto in that committee. That committee is led by uh, Miki Zohar of the Likud. By the way, only until May 4th. Then we'll see what happened. Then what happened was, is that uh, Mansour Abbas of Ram heard it and he felt left out. He said, ah, but Netanyahu doesn't need only Bennett. He needs me also. So Yair Lapid took advantage of this point and it worked great for him because he told Mansour Abbas, listen, let's do it differently. The change block will have 16 uh, seats in this committee. Netanyahu will get 14, Bennett will get two, and you will get one. So in case that if Netanyahu is trying to pass anything, he needs to get Bennett and Ram to support it as well, okay? While uh, Yair Lapid and the change block only need one more person to set things the way it works. But let's be honest, okay? Miki Zohar is the head of this committee. He can play with it. He can decide that he's not bringing this committee to a meeting that he's not setting any policies, that they are not voting for anything. So it was great on paper, but on the grounds, as long as they don't manage to make the change on the Speaker of the House, I don't see any change will happen. And that's another thing that Bennett and Lapid are arguing about. Because Lapid, and if we go now a year back, Lapid wants Mayor Cohen of uh, Yeshatid, one of his members of the Knesset from his party, to be the Speaker of the House. And he says, I want it because no matter what, even if we fail to set the coalition, we will still have the power within the Knesset. And he is right. In the last election, 
If we remember, Benny Gantz was signing with Netanyahu. He disagreed with Lapid on who's going to be the Speaker of the House. Gantz was the Speaker of the House for two days. And then he went with Netanyahu and gave the Speaker of the House to Yariv Levin of the Likud. You know, Lapid knows what's going to happen. He doesn't want it to happen again. And Bennett is not willing to give uh, Mayor Cohen of Yeshatid this power. So it's like the political deadlock is still there. And if we, even if we go to a fifth round of election, I doubt if a fifth round of election will change anything. Eventually for both the right and the left, the biggest elephant in the room is the one and only Benjamin Netanyahu. And that's the thing. I mean, I think that I'm not saying it as an Israeli voter. I'm saying it, you know, now as an analyst. He's the biggest thing that we are facing at the moment. And even within the right wing, people are starting to get tired and starting to ask questions whether he's the one who should lead the right wing. Yeah, I mean, Smotra came out asking a bunch of, uh, he was questioning whether, you know, we should uh, keep sticking with Netanyahu. And he was even questioning if Netanyahu is even right wing now, given, you know, his lack of responses to what's going on in Gaza. Yeah, but look, I'll say it again. Netanyahu knows how to speak right wing, but eventually, you know, his policies are very conservative. He's not trying to make too many changes, you know, under his uh, ruling. He's just trying to stay in power. That's his main agenda. Not right wing, not left wing. Okay. The main reason he didn't annex the West Bank, even though he had a chance with Donald Trump, Eventually, he knows that if Israel annex the West Bank, it's eventually a way to a one-state solution, a two-nation state. And he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to, you know, separate from the Palestinians as well, because, uh, you know, it's not uh, in his agenda. So, you know, he's just keeping the status quo. And it doesn't work for the benefit of anyone. Not with the Arabs, not with the ultra-Orthodox, by the way. And not with anything. So we'll have to see what's going to happen because even the economy is in a tough situation at the moment. Yeah. So what's next? I think that's it. Yeah, it's been a lot for today. But we will uh, discuss again after May 4th when we will see who's going to get the mandate. There is never a dull moment in Israel. And honestly, with all of Netanyahu's tricks, I don't see a way that at the moment he can pull any deserters from other parties. I mean, if Bennett or uh, Benny Gantz or anybody from these kind of people falls into another Netanyahu's trap, oh my God, I'm telling you, okay, that's, uh, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Jeff, thank you very much for joining me again. Yep, thanks for having me, Kobe. And uh, we'll be back uh, here soon. And thank you to our audience. Stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and wanted to thank you for joining me. If you like my podcast, feel free to rank it and share it with others. I also invite you to subscribe to my podcast so you will get updates when a new episode is on the air. And last but not least, I invite you to check my website, Balagan www.balagan.ltd for more content about Israel's history and politics. Bye for now and have a great day. Music